Hey, I'm Jess Reed, a wild wellness coach and spirit-led entrepreneur since 2017. This podcast is a place for people who feel stuck, unfulfilled, lonely, ashamed, and exhausted. And I actually want to celebrate that with you. Why? Because these unpleasant feelings are actually really good signs that you're hearing the voice of your intuition. That holy discontent inside of you is not an inner critic voice just to be drowned out, but the inner wisdom that needs to be allowed to lead. We're taught that we're the problem, but the reality is the environment is the problem because we live in an environment and cultural context that teaches us to prioritize productivity over pleasure and to push ourselves like limitless machines. I don't know about you, but I've done the people-pleasing, the approval-seeking, the workaholism, the chasing of the next goal, the delaying just a little longer of my own dreams, making everyone else's dreams come true, using all of my gifts, talents, and time to accomplish someone else's mission instead of my own. I know you have too, and I'm on a mission to change that, to walk out of these cages and these prisons together, because all of this unnatural self-sacrifice for the benefit of these systems is robbing us of our health, our vitality, our joy, and our pleasure. I'm here to help you rewild, to offer a kind of wellness that's not as a thing to strive ahead for, but to come home to. Not to learn or to add or to have, but to unlearn and remove to have again. You are never the problem, you're the solution. Join me as we come home to the wisdom of nature and our intuition to create a life we actually like. Welcome back to the Wild Wellness with Jess podcast. I am so excited today to be talking about how to reconnect with our intuition. And I want this to be really practical. I want this to be really helpful. But before we dig into any of that, I want to talk about why this is actually so important. Why is it important for us to be connected with our intuition? And several years ago, I learned about this book by hospice nurse Ronnie Ware, and she wrote this book called The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. And she wrote this kind of compiling the most common regrets that she heard from people on their deathbeds after being a hospice nurse for years and years. And noticing the same themes that would come out for pretty much everybody. And she created the top five, but today I'm just going to share with you the number one, because I feel like it is truly the most powerful and it has haunted me in a really good way ever since I first learned about this. And I've talked about this many times. I share it with pretty much everyone um, that I talk to because I just love talking about stuff like this. But do you want to know what the top regret of the dying is? It's this. I wish I lived a life true to myself, not the life that other people expected from me. I wish I lived a life true to myself, not the life that other people expected of me. And if you are a person right now who feels like you are living a life that is not true to yourself, you're just doing exactly what other people expect of you, you're doing the people-pleasing, you're feeling out of alignment, searching for approval, searching for belonging, just by sacrificing your true self, you're not alone. And that was me for a really long time. It would hit me like a gut punch (laughs) when I read this years and years ago. This was before I even uh, started my own coaching practice, but it's one of the things that propelled me into it, quite honestly. Um, It also really hit me hard when my dad passed away almost seven years ago because I saw this regret in him as well. 
um, he was a person who was filled with a lot of regret at the end of his life. And that was also something that really propelled me to make some major changes in my life because death, man, it really brings a lot of thing into a lot of things into clarity for you. Um, and a lot of us are so out of touch. Uh, we, we numb out from this, right? We avoid it because nobody wants to think about the fact that we are all going to die someday, right? It's really hard to think about, but when you lose someone, it becomes really front and center in your life and you come to terms with your own mortality. And a lot of things, again, they, they become really, really clear, right? And so here we are, we're coming up on uh, Samhain tomorrow, uh, Halloween, uh, Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead, right? It's a time when we actually are thinking about this kind of a thing um, in our in our holiday and our culture. Um, also, it's a time of the year when nature is turning inward and about to go through the death of winter to prepare for rebirth in the spring. But allow that to set in for you right now. Um, that I, I this top regret of the dying that it could be yours too, unless we get in touch with our intuition. And I'm going to talk more about that, but I wish I lived a life true to myself, not the life that other people expected from me. Who are these other people, right? And a lot of times, maybe we can name specific people. Maybe it's your mom, your (laughs) mother-in-law, your sister, your boss, um, your best friend, your spouse, um, you know, whoever it might be, right? That they actually do have these opinions about your life, right? But a lot of times it also just becomes this weird conglomeration of this invisible audience in our heads and this invisible audience of they, you know, what will they think? I can't possibly do that. They, you know, whatever. Um, It's this weird conglomeration that we kind of project onto other people, right? Who may not even actually give... Uh, give give a care, give a crap, anything. They don't they don't care about what it is that you're doing. They're focused on their own lives and they're focused on their own pain and they're focused on their own feelings of being out of alignment and the things that are haunting them, right? And a lot of times, yeah, because people are dealing with that in and of themselves, they turn that into projected criticism onto other people. Like, who do they think they are to actually be living a life uh, true to them, true to themselves, right? And so, I'm not trying to to deny the fact that yes, you might actually meet some criticism. Yes, there will be a real cost to this, but the cost of being on your deathbed filled with this regret is so much greater than trying to work out. Um, just the little things that are definitely going to arise when you start making changes in your life. I walk people through this all the time and you have the tools, you have the sufficiency, you have the resources inside of you, um, but right now you're very disconnected from them. So, and getting back in touch with your intuition is the thing that actually gives you the confidence and gives you the resourcing in order to um, allow that inner alignment to come out into outer alignment in your outer world. So who are these other people in your lives um, that, you know, we're basically living the life that these people expect of us. So pretty much it comes down to external authorities, right? And we've been, of course, conditioned our whole lives to listen to external authority figures, to submit ourselves to these external authority figures. And I've shared my personal story many times here, but I feel like I got like, um, a megadose of this growing up in a very conservative, very high control religious atmosphere where I was literally taught that I should not listen to my own intuition. That because basically I'm, I'm bad. I'm a sinner. There's nothing good in me. The only thing good in me 
is if I have a relationship with God, right? And, you know, we dichotomize these things in religion. Like, I am bad and God is good. I am sinful and God is perfect. And I need to be rescued, right, from myself, from my own inherent nature that I am born bad, I am born evil, I am born with a propensity to make the wrong decisions because I don't have any goodness or any ability to detect what is right for me naturally inside of myself. I need to be rescued and I need to um, follow some set of external guidelines and external rules. And listen, I'm not here to criticize religion or spirituality because I think there can actually be really healthy expressions of um, some of these belief systems. So I'm not here to like demonize that, but I'm here to let you know that I grew up in a very unhealthy expression of it. And I think that there's a big propensity um, when we have a black and white mindset and when we are conditioned from a very young age to um, believe some of these things. It's hard for kids too, right? It's, it's hard for kids to grow up in an atmosphere like this because it's very nuanced and kids have a really black and white mentality. And so even if, you know, there are healthy adults that are not believing, um, you know, in a black and white mentality, sometimes the way that we explain things to kids, that's the only way that they can understand it. And so um, I'm not saying that every person that taught me these things was bad or that they were even unhealthy, but I'm letting you know how I internalized this as a kid growing up in, in something like this. And so, but I do believe there are very specific doctrines and teachings like the doctrine of original sin that really, um, you know, propagate this type of a thing. So essentially, because I learned that I could not be trusted in and of myself, um, that I should not listen to my intuition, that that's actually dangerous. I shouldn't listen to my heart. My heart will lead me astray. Um, I shouldn't listen to my feelings because they're just temporary um, and they're going to lead you astray. Like, don't don't listen to any of these things about yourself. Um, you need to listen to these external authorities. And whether, uh, you know, for me it was the Bible or whatever the, the pastor was saying or just whatever, um, and, and my parents, you know, submit to your parents and all the things that you uh, learned growing up in church, right? Or maybe for you, it, it was something else, you know, like we all get this message in lots of ways. Listen to the medical authorities, listen to the governmental authorities, listen to whomever. And I'm not like an anarchist, right? I'm not trying to say, you know, don't listen to anyone else except yourself. It's that, yes, listen, but run it up against your own inner authority and allow your inner authority and your intuition to be the lead in your life. Don't tune out from that. Don't assume that you don't know what's good for you. You do know what's good for you. You are the expert on yourself. You've been the one that's been with yourself your entire life. And at the core of who you are is actually goodness and is actually love. That is what we are all made of. And, and you know, also growing up in this high control atmosphere and being taught something like, um, you know, I'm prone to do what's wrong, right? But I'm also taught that I'm made in God's image. And that's a really beautiful teaching that I've kept with me, right? And so we are. And what does that mean? It means that we are made from love, that we are made of love, we are made to love. And when I believe that love with a capital L is the deepest essence of who I am and who you are, the ground of our being, the air that we breathe, um, the story with a capital S that underlies everything, then that is what allows me to actually trust my intuition. So we grow up though, and we 
start to realize that there are rules, <laughs> that there are expectations of our society, of the school system and our parents' home and just whatever, right? And at some point we start to individuate and realize that we are our own person and we will start to feel conflict with other people. And we will start to realize the differences that we have. I see things differently than this other person, or I want something else than what this other person wants or what they want for me, right? And we feel like we have to choose between authenticity and belonging. And when we are kids, of course, we will always choose belonging over authenticity. And so we start to shape ourselves because belonging is this very fundamental human need. Authenticity is as well, but belonging feels like it has um, more dangerous consequences. If you don't belong, what does that mean for you? It can threaten your safety and security, right? And so whether that's with your parents or whether that's with your friends at school or just whatever, right? And so we feel like we have to choose between authenticity and belonging. And when we're young like that, because we don't have connection with the same resources that adults do, and we're not aware of our own inner resources, right? We, we don't have power. We don't have as much power as the people that are setting the expectations. And so we will choose belonging over authenticity. But the thing about this is it's actually not even a real this or that. It's a false dichotomy because there's no such thing as having real belonging without authenticity. You can have false belonging you can have, you know, we accept you as long as you do these things and you believe these things and you look this way and you act this way and you love this way and you choose this way, right? Um, you belong as long as you are like us. You belong as long as you edit yourself and appear to be the version of yourself that we want from you, right? And so, but is that actually belonging? No, it's because it's not you that is belonging there. It is this mask that you're wearing that is belonging there. And so it never really satisfies. It's a false belonging. So there's this beautiful Brene Brown quote that I love. And she says, I belong everywhere I go as long as I never betray myself. And I've taken that to heart because belonging is something that you can have with yourself. You can belong to yourself. And what that means is that you know yourself, you know your true authentic self, and you fully accept and you love this version of you. And when you carry your own belonging with you, wherever you go, then you will actually be your true self and you will actually open yourself up to the thing that you have wanted more than anything, which is to belong with others, right? But you can never truly belong unless you are actually being authentic. And you, in order to be authentic, you have to belong to yourself, right? It's this beautiful thing that it feels paradoxical, right? But it's true. So as long as you never betray yourself, deny yourself, abandon yourself, that you like yourself as you are, as you truly are, and this takes an actual understanding of who you are and what you want, right? Which we are so disconnected from. This is what I'm talking about when I say coming home to your intuition, reconnecting with your intuition is reconnecting with you, with yourself and, and liking it about yourself, loving it about yourself. So to live a life true to yourself, not one that you're going to regret, not the life that other people expected of you, a life that you actually like, you have to follow your intuition. And at times it will protect you. It will say, no, that's not the right thing for you. And it will also 
consistently draw you into what you really love, the things that are really right for you and meant for you, aligned for you, places where you will be celebrated, where you will be adored, where you will be needed, where you will be a blessing to other people when you are operating in your true self, not just in this, you know, maybe this set of skills that other people want from you, right? Um, there's this fantastic concept. I believe it's um, Gay Hendricks in The Big Leap, a book called The Big Leap. And uh, he differentiates between your zone of genius and your zone of excellence, right? And so for me, I can relate to this because I spent years working in administrative positions. And I'm really, really good at that. Like really good. (laughs) I am an excellent administrator, right? That is my zone of excellence. I am super organized. I am great at getting shit done. I deliver on my promises. I can rally people together around a common goal. Um, And yeah. And so I'm really great at this. It's my zone of excellence. But my zone of genius for me, I knew when I was doing this this kind of work and I was feeling the pull to um, do something different, I knew that my zone of genius was coaching others um, and going really deep one-on-one with people, being a full presence of listening, transformative listening, and really loving people and being able to see the potential in them and to help them to reach their full potential, to help them come back into alignment with their own intuition was something that I was doing all the time and even getting to do it in my regular, you know, nine to five administrator position. I was getting to operate in that, of course. And that's honestly probably what kept me going was the one-on-one relationships, right? Because a spreadsheet is just a spreadsheet and I love spreadsheets, right? But people um, is is what it's really all about, right? And relationships. And so here we are. And I was feeling the pull of my intuition into my zone of genius um, instead of just continuing to operate out of my zone of excellence. But I had a lot of fears and I had a lot of conditioning and I had a lot of hangups and I had a big need for approval and people pleasing so that I could feel a sense of belonging um, because I was still doing a lot of my inner work. I was still doing a lot of healing from my past. And it's okay if that's totally where you are right now. I wanna talk you through some of the things that really helped me to reconnect with my intuition that has gotten me to where I am today. And before we go any further, I I would like to maybe spend a minute trying to define intuition, which uh, is um, probably very ethereal sounding, right? And I remember learning about this intuition in my master's program for life coaching in, you know, literally I'm in college and here we are and we're talking about what is intuition and trying to define that because it can sound like a really metaphysical thing. It can sound like a really, you know, not true science type of thing, but it is, it really is. Um, So intuition, if you look it up um, in the dictionary, it says the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning. And another definition is a thing that one knows or considers likely from instinctive feeling rather than conscious reasoning. And the last one here is immediate apprehension or cognition without reasoning or inferring knowledge or conviction gained by intuition, the power of the power or faculty of gaining direct knowledge or cognition without evident rational thought and interference. 
And so for me, I would basically sum that up and say, like, it's the ability to know something without thinking about it. Like, it's the ability to know something without your rational mind. Like, you you didn't have a book teach you this. You didn't arrive at it through thinking things through really clearly with, like, a pros and cons list. Like, you're basically, it's, it's a, a knowing that bypasses your mind, right? And so I like that this dictionary definition mentioned instincts um, and instinctive feeling because um, I thought about this too. And again, I'm just going to share my my personal opinion here, but I do think that there is a difference between instincts and intuition. So I think that we are all haunted by these two different voices of, of instinct and intuition. Each, each of them is saying, what if, right? So the voice of our instinct says, what if I get hurt? What if I fail? What if things get worse? But the voice of our intuition says, what if I could feel better than this? What if I could like my life more? What if I can create what I want? So have you felt these what ifs? And I'm wondering which voice calls stronger to you? They're both good. Both of our, both our instinct and our intuition are good. All parts of us are good. We need both. And our instinct is, I believe, it's our past wisdom. It's the wisdom that's stored in our body and it is subconscious. And it's not just wisdom from our past experiences, but I believe it's also from our ancestors. Um, And this is scientific. It's passed down to us through epigenetics. Um, They've literally done um, studies showing that there are higher rates of anxiety and depression in trauma survivors, like Holocaust survivors, right? So like um, grandchildren of Holocaust survivors have higher rates of depression and anxiety. Why? right? Even though maybe they haven't had any personal trauma in their own lives, right? This, it literally changes the human genome and gets passed down through what's called epigenetics. So our instincts help us to survive and they help us to stay safe. So this is our nervous system responding to threat and storing valuable information to protect us in the future. And I would say our intuition is different than this. If our instinct is our past wisdom, I believe that our intuition is our infinite wisdom. It's the pregnant possibilities of our future and the part of us that knows that we can create it. If our instinct is subconscious, our intuition is super conscious. It's above the level of our consciousness, but we tap into it all the time and we can do so much more with it than we even know. So our instincts would rather keep us in the familiar mundane, right? Because we want to stay in what's familiar because that feels good for our instincts, for our survival instincts. Our instincts would rather keep us in the familiar mundane than to venture into the unfamiliar magnificent, right? And, and would often rather keep us in a familiar hell than venture into an unfamiliar heaven. And I know that I have stayed way too long in some very familiar hells. And I'm sure that you have too. So the differences are very subtle between instinct and intuition, but in in my opinion, um, instinct is about survival and intuition is about expansion. Instinct is about conserving what is there and intuition is about progressing. Generally, we will do a lot more to avoid losing what we already have than to risk that in order to have so much more. But the most successful people and the most aligned people choose to let go of good enough in order to have greatness. And the reason that they're able to do that is because they trust deeply 
and their own sufficiency and resourcefulness. They, they know, hey, if I lose what I have right now, I can recreate it. And, and the reason that they trust themselves is because they know themselves and they know their abilities and they are connected deeply with their desires. So they're connected with their intuition. They have this inner guidance system. They have this inner authority that is strong and that is leading them and that is assuring them, hey, this thing that you feel drawn to, this is for you. And yes, even though there's risks, like you're going to be okay. It's, it's going to be okay. It's for you. And even if it doesn't work out, if you lose what you have now, you can recreate it because you have the tools, you have the resources and everything all shall be well, all shall be well. So now I'd like to give you guys some really kind of just practical, more tangible ways that you can actually reconnect with your intuition. And the first thing that I want to share with you is to reconnect with your desires, reconnect with your desired feelings the emotions that you actually value, that you want to be feeling in your life, instead of just the results, the outer goals that you've set for yourself, and to create ways that you can actually feel your desired feelings right now. And so a lot of times we are chasing these goals, right? You're chasing the next promotion, you're chasing Uh, a smaller (laughs) dress size, you're chasing, you know, getting that purse, you're chasing getting married, you're chasing buying a house, you're chasing having a kid or having another kid or, you know, whatever it is, right? We're always chasing the next result and we're thinking to ourselves, I'll be happy when, right? Like, and the thing about that though, is it never really fulfills you, right? I've, I've done this a million times where I've reached the goal. Um, and it, you feel the feelings for like a second, right? But then it's like, okay, it wears off. And then what's the next thing that's going to fulfill me? What's the next thing that's going to give me the feeling that I desire to feel, right? And so it's not really about the smaller dress size. It's about you wanting to feel confident, you wanting to feel energy, you wanting to feel aligned. Um, It's not really about the promotion. It's you wanting to feel safe and you wanting to feel secure and you wanting to feel... Um, meaning, right? And so it's the feelings behind the results that are what we truly desire and what we truly are meant to feel in this life, right? Because all of that is rooted in love. All of it is rooted in meeting our own needs and feeling fulfilled, right? Feeling everything that we can possibly feel in life, right? Instead of just Mm, this really like mundane, half-lived, half-ass kind of a life, right? We, we're all chasing that. We're chasing that constantly, but we're doing it in ways that wind up being really unfulfilling. And uh, that's because a lot of times we're disconnected from our values, right? And I'm going to talk about that in a second. So it's not hedonism um, without any care or consequence for who it hurts or um, anything like that. It's not, it's not that. It's not just chasing pleasure for the sake of chasing pleasure. But it does start with identifying, okay, what are the feelings that I'm actually trying to feel that I'm pushing myself so hard in all of these goals, hoping that I'm going to feel? And once I know what those things are, then I can actually create ways to feel them right now, even as I am pursuing these goals. And in fact, this is how it relates to your intuition, okay? So if I want to feel free and I am feeling super uh, restricted <laughs> while I'm on my journey to feel free, right? So like, let's say that I want to feel free um, in my body and in my confidence and I'm feeling 
not free right now because I am at a weight where I literally feel impaired from being able to feel like my true self, um, to do the kind of things that I want to do, to um, interact with my family, to play with my daughter, to run around with her, to dance with her, um, to ride rides with her. And like, I, I talk to clients all the time who are, who are in this place in their bodies, right? And so they want to feel free to do literally anything that they want to be able to do with their body, right? And so then they choose a strategy to try to get to this goal, uh, the result, right, of being in a, in a smaller size, let's just say, so that we can feel free, right? But the strategies that they're choosing in order to get there are to restrict and to punish themselves and to submit their inner authority to some external authority diet plan, right? Uh, and the diet police, right? Whatever it might be. And so they are not feeling free on their journey to try to become free. They're feeling the opposite. They're feeling restricted, punished, miserable, right? And really they want to feel free and confident and energized, right? And so what do you think is going to happen? (laughs) The very intelligent rebellion inside of you, the intelligent resistance inside of you is going to say, this is bullshit and I'm not doing this. And so this is why we continue to cycle over and over again through these things. If we start with identifying our desired feelings instead of just the results that we want, then these desired feelings become part of our intuition. We're, we're now in touch with our desired feelings and our intuition is going to guide us to those desired feelings. And so we will not be making choices that are out of alignment when we know we have this self-awareness of what we truly desire. And our intuition will keep us in alignment with that. Our intuition will be like, oh, that's a red flag. That doesn't feel like the way that I want to feel. And so it serves a a big purpose to identify your desired feelings instead of just the results. And I have a completely free resource for you that'll help you do this. And it's called my free desire map. And the link is in the show notes to this. So press pause right now, literally go get it. It's completely free. And so it's going to take you through a series of questions that'll help you identify what your desired feelings are and to then align your outer world and your strategies and your desired results and all of these things first with the desired feelings. And it'll actually help you create different strategies that are going to align with those desired feelings. And even as you are pursuing this goal, this outward result, I'm not trying to talk you out of that in any way, shape or form. I'm only trying to talk you into The fact that you can feel the way that you want to feel so much sooner than you believe that you can feel the way that you want to feel. You don't have to reach the goal first and get to that desired result first in order to feel how you want to feel. You can feel that way right now. So feelings, I believe, are frequencies that you can move in and out of. It's kind of like walking outside and feeling cold and then walking inside and feeling warm, right? Um, Or it's like listening to the radio And you want to listen to country, so you tune your radio dial to the country station. And now you want to listen to hip-hop, so you tune your radio dial to the hip-hop station or oldies or whatever it might be, right? And so when you're sitting in your car and the radio's off, all of those radio waves are all around you. All of those frequencies are all around you. Country is playing right now. Hip-hop is playing right now. Oldies are playing right now. All of it is playing right now. But you don't hear it. You're not experiencing it until you tune your radio dial into that frequency, right? And so your desired feelings that you want to feel are all around you right now. And the reason that you're not feeling them is because you are not attuned to those things. 
So how do you become attuned to them? (laughs) Is first of all, you have to know what you want to listen to. What do you actually like? How do you like to feel? Some people want to feel different things than other people. Some people want to feel peace more often, most of the time, right? And other people want to feel zest more, more of the time, right? Neither of these things are bad. They're different emotions, right? One person values that more than the other person, right? And so it's okay for you to have your own individual version of the top, let's just say top five emotions that you really love to feel. And when you know that those are your favorite emotions, then you can attune to feeling that way more often by looking for examples of where those emotions are in your life. What are the things that produce those emotions for you? And it doesn't just have to be something that's going to take forever. You can actually experience them way more often by looking for them and creating little ways in your life that you can feel that or some version of that, right? So if you want to feel free and you believe that a weight loss journey is going to help you feel free, what are some little ways today? When do you feel free? And how can you um, align yourself or how can you notice when you are feeling free just on a regular day-to-day basis? So again, this resource is completely free. The link is in the show notes. It's the free desire map. And you can also just go to bit.ly slash free desire map. And I really encourage you to get that because your feelings are a huge part of your intuition. So number two, really practical way to reconnect with your intuition is to learn your spiritual gifts. And I don't know maybe how you would identify your spiritual gifts, but I believe that these are innate things that you are born with. It's like the little toolkit that you get in life (laughs) or in this uh, iteration of life, if you believe in multiple lifetimes, right? And it's something that is kind of, yeah, it's God-given. It's inherent to you. These are your natural strengths, These are your natural values. And the difference here, strengths are things that you're good at. Values are things that you care about, right? You care deeply about what is most important to you, right? And so for some people, um, kindness will be a higher value than honesty. For others, honesty will be a higher value than kindness. They're not opposites, right? They're just different values. And so when you know that one of those values ranks higher for you than the other, then that will influence how you communicate with other people and how you um, make choices about your life, right? So you can, you know, obviously suss that out with your imagination, right? Um, It doesn't mean don't be honest just to be kind. And it doesn't mean don't be kind just to be honest. But when it feels like you have to rank those things, right? So different people have a different ranking system and that will be a guidepost for them for their intuition. Your strengths is another guidepost for your intuition. How do you know um, what you're meant to do in this life? There is this Japanese concept of ikigai. um, And I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but it's basically um, about how to find your purpose. And so there's three concentric, circles that are overlapping with each other and your purpose or your ikigai is in the center, right? But one of the circles is what are you good at, right? So these would be your strengths. And the next circle is what do you love to do? What do you love and appreciate in life? What do you value, right? And then the third circle is what does the world need most? And so when you can understand your strengths and your values, 
I think it's super important for your intuition that will guide you. It'll say, oh, that's a red flag or, oh, that's a green flag or I'm getting closer um, to my alignment or I'm getting further away from my alignment when you can have this this kind of self-awareness about your strengths and your values. And also within your spiritual gifts, a system that has been so helpful for me for understanding my spiritual gifts is called human design. And human design is very similar to astrology, but I feel like it's a lot more concise and easy to understand. Um, There's obviously so much to it, um, and there's so much to astrology, and I love both um, because um, astrology or human design is really fascinating, um, but it's about kind of the energy that you were born with based off of the alignment of the cosmos at at the moment of your birth, right? And so how do you find out what your astrology is? It's literally just based off of your birth place and time. Um, And to me, that's fascinating. And I've, of course, had my doubts about it and was very skeptical about it. But the more that I've gotten into um, astrology and human design, it deeply resonates. And so in my life, I as you know, the way that I was brought up, right? Um, I was really fearful of being wrong. And I've learned over time, instead of worrying about something being right or wrong, check in with, is it helpful to you or is it not helpful to you, right? And so if I'm reading this information and it's really resonating, I'm like, oh my God, this is so me. Like this feels really helpful. This feels true and good and beautiful, inside of me and it's helping me feel like I'm more connected with myself, then that's amazing, right? And so for me, human design has been so clarifying for me. Um, There's a lot of different pieces to it, but one of the pieces that I love the most is that it actually teaches you about your specific style of intuition. And I love that it puts language to intuition um, and it kind of systematizes it and categorizes it because I do believe that different people connect with their intuition differently and there are different kinds of intuition. And a lot of times we hear like conventional wisdom about intuition, but your intuition might work differently than other people's kind, right? And so we've already talked about how intuition is kind of a way of knowing that bypasses your mind, right? And a lot of times we talk ourselves out of our intuition when our mind starts to actually kick in, right? We're like, that doesn't make sense. Did I just imagine that? You know, that's not rational. That's not you know, science, or that's not um, realistic, whatever it might be, right? That's our mind actually coming in and talking us out of our intuition. Um, But intuition shows up in our awareness in different ways through different kinds of um, wisdom and intellect than just our mind, our rational thought. So one of the types of intuition is gut intuition, And so this is probably the thing that I've heard the most as kind of conventional wisdom about intuition. Like what, what does your gut say? Or I've got a, I've got a, um, my gut is telling me this. I've got a feeling in my gut that yada, yada, yada. Um, and so maybe for you, gut intuition is actually your main kind of intuition, but I think it's important to know that there are different kinds than just that. So if you have a gut intuition, um, you really do feel things in your body. And it'll feel kind of like in your body, like a big um, contraction if something's not for you or a big expansion if something is for you, right? And so it's very body-based, somatic. You'll, you sense it in your, in your gut, in your, in your body. Um, but other people don't necessarily have this kind. And I do think that probably a, a large portion of people feel this way. It might even be 
the majority of people feel this way because that's how things get to be conventional wisdom is when a lot of people agree, right? Like, oh, okay, listen to your gut, right? Um, but if you ask another person those types of questions, like, what does your gut say? Like, how does it feel in your body? They might be like, what? I don't feel anything in my body, right? And so there are other types of intuition. Um, there's emotional intuition, like really and truly um, that your emotions are guideposts for you. Like, does this thing make you feel happy or does this thing make you feel sad, right? Um, and to allow that when anything happens in your life, that you're going to have an emotional response to it and allow your emotions to um, level out before you make a decision because you don't want to be um, influenced by the emotions that you're feeling in that moment. Okay, so I'll just give an example. Let's just say that um, you're trying to make a big decision about something and then you just had the best day ever. Like you just had so much fun with your friends and you um, maybe are feeling like you have a really great hair day and you just found out that you got a raise at work and yada, yada, And but you're trying to make a, a decision about a relationship, right? And so you could be riding high off of the emotions of all of these other things in your life. And because you're feeling so good, you might be influenced to make a decision um, that is out of alignment for you just because you're feeling so good and emotional about all these other things, right? So what you want to do is you want to allow yourself to try to come back into like a neutral state of emotion and then ask yourself the question about the relationship and see how you feel. So a lot of people are guided by their emotions and while, you know, I was definitely taught like, oh, don't let your emotions sway you, right? Because they're just temporary. I think if you have an emotional authority, then, or an emotional intuition, right? Then you still want to learn how to rely on your emotions, but there is the ability to be nuanced about it, right? Like that you can say, oh, okay, well, I don't want to be um, led astray by my temporary emotions based off of what I'm having a really good day or I'm having a really bad day, but I know how to get myself back into a place of neutrality, and then I'm going to check in with my emotions about this specific thing that I'm trying to decide um, and not let the emotions of everything else in my life influence me. So another kind of intuition, according to human design, is called um, splenic or splenic. And it's based off of the organ of your spleen. And um, in human design, uh, it kind of is also influenced not just by astrology, but the chakra system. And so there's different energy centers in the body. And I won't get too far into it, but to kind of describe splenic authority. This is another kind of intuition that I've heard of. Um, and it's actually, um, you might have heard somebody talk about like the still small voice inside that is based off of a scripture verse, by the way. Um, but yeah, it's like this still small voice. It's this like quiet whisper, this just like instant knowing inside of you. And this is actually the kind of intuition that I have. And so this deeply resonates with me. Um, and I think that I could relate to gut intuition because gut is kind of like an instant knowing as well. Um, but I don't necessarily, I don't feel it in my body. I don't, I don't feel it that way. Um, so it's still an instant knowing, but it's more just like something that just boop pops into my brain. Um, and it's, it's hard to explain if you, if you haven't felt it, but if you have felt it, I, I bet this is really resonating for you right now. It's like a thought that is not coming from my own conscious thoughts. And just instantly I have that thought in my mind or an image in my mind or a song in my mind or whatever it is. It just kind of interrupts and it didn't, it wasn't flowing with the stream of consciousness that I was thinking with my rational conscious thought. 
And so for me, that's a different kind of intuition. And then in human design, there's um, one other kind of intuition that I find really interesting. And this is called self-projected intuition or self-projected authority. And what this is, is that you actually need to project yourself outwards. So yourself, your inner knowing needs to be projected outwards into the world. And so the most common way that this happens is when you are having a conversation with somebody else um, and then you hear yourself say something out loud and you just know that that was your intuition. Like you weren't planning on saying that. It seems to, it's just like a wisdom that comes out of you spontaneously as you are talking with someone else or as you are writing in your journal, for example. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, I didn't know that that was inside of me. And that's a different kind of intuition. And so if you have a self-projected authority um, doing something like journaling or talking everything out with other people um, is going to be really, really helpful for you to try to get back in touch with your intuition. So how do you know which type you are? Well, you can look up your human design um, online. And I really think that everybody should know what type of intuition they have, but that's just one small part of human design. Um, and also I actually have a, an entire class on this that I want to share with you guys. So, um, I have an online shop on my website called my self care shop and it's at, uh, Jess dash read reid.com slash shop. And the class is called discover your spiritual gifts. And so in this class, yes, you could totally like look up these things, you know, like Google your strengths or your human design or just whatever, but I've compiled it all for you in a class that brings together all of the resources to learn your strengths, your values, your human design. And then there's also a fun quiz on there um, to to learn your intuitive abilities. Um, and this oftentimes is called your clair senses or like clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, right? And so there's a fun quiz in there. Um, but there's actually, it's four different kinds of quizzes and tests for you to come into contact with these different things about your intuition uh, to resource you to create a life that you actually like. And this class is $22. And again, you can find that on my website and the link is in the show notes. The third thing, um, so the first, the first two, so is identifying your desired feelings instead of your just your desired results, and I've got that free, um, free download for you guys. The link is in the show notes. The second is to learn your spiritual gifts, which are your strengths, your values, your human design, and your intuitive abilities. And um, there's a, a class for that for twenty two dollars. The link is in the show notes. Um, the third thing that I want to share with you guys, how to reconnect with your intuition is to spend more time in alpha and theta brain states. (laughs) So what the heck am I talking about? Um, Your brain runs off of electricity, like electrical connectivity. In fact, your whole body runs off of electrical connectivity. Um, So yes, all of the signals that are going through your body from different body parts and different organs and all of that runs off of electrical signals that are running through your brains, uh, running through your brain, your brain and your neurons and your nervous system and all of this, it's uh, through electricity, right? And frequency. So basically your brain has four different um, brainwave states or frequency states that it can be in at any given time. And the one that we are in when we are operating in our conscious, rational thought is called beta state. And so we are spending a lot of our day in a, in a beta state. Like if you are focusing on a problem that's in front of you, um, if you are paying close attention to, you know, listening to what someone else is saying to you, you're having a back and forth conversation, um, you are uh, basically just kind of like aware of your surroundings 
um, taking things in and um, interacting with the world in a, in a problem-solving kind of mode. You have an agenda, right? And you are kind of accomplishing your to-do list for the day, right? So that's uh, the state that you're in when you're in beta state. But there are other states that you can be in. And the, um, the one right below that is called alpha state. So alpha state is probably what you have heard of as like being in a flow state. And so you lose sense of time and you get into this um, flow and you could be in a flow when you are really doing anything that causes you to lose touch with time, right? So you could be um, playing an instrument, you could be um, working on a spreadsheet. It doesn't really matter. It could be artistic. It could be, you know, you might not think of it as artistic, but you're deeply involved in a project. And so I would lose sense of time all the time when I was in the middle of spreadsheets, right? Um, You could be running, you could be, you know, doing anything. And so if you were in a state of flow, where you're just completely consumed with the thing that you're working on, and you're not really being interrupted. And again, it's really about losing sense of time then you're in an alpha state. And an alpha state is a lot easier to reconnect with your intuition, um, a lot easier to be in a, um, in a way that something could just drop in for you. A theta state is a frequency below alpha. And a lot of times people are in a theta state when they very first wake up in the morning um, and then right before you fall asleep at night. And so a theta state is kind of like a very liminal space between dreaming and uh, being awake. So a theta state, you are very, very impressionable, and you can also really connect with these things that seem maybe a little bit more ethereal, right? So like with your intuition or with your spiritual practice, spiritual guidance, right? So basically you can get into a theta state apart from these two times of day when you are first waking up and when you're falling asleep at night. And people go into a theta state when they are hypnotized (laughs) and you can go into a theta state when you are in a deep meditation. So there are actually, um, you know, lots of different meditations that you can look up online, but, uh, you can listen to something called binaural beats or, um, binaural meditation. And what it does is it stimulates, um, separate sides of your brain. So back and forth, back and forth, like you'll hear whatever it is, you'll be wearing headphones and you'll hear it in your right ear. And then you'll hear it in your left ear. And then you'll hear it in your right and and back and forth and back and forth. And when it stimulates two sides of the brain like that, it can help you kind of get into a theta state. It's super interesting. Um, people also go into theta states in psychedelic experiences as well. And so you basically, um, the rigidity in your brain just kind of loosens up in a, in a theta state and you are more flexible to input. And so if you are trying to change, um, like a really hardwired belief that you have getting yourself into a theta state to try to, um, 
put something new into the programming, like listening to a guided meditation, right? So like think think back to like things that you probably saw on TV as a kid, like somebody's trying to stop smoking. And so they're listening to um, their headphones at night before they fall asleep. Like, I do not need to smoke. I have no desire for cigarettes, right? And so like, this is kind of like the, the idea of the theta state or being hypnotized, right? So you get someone into a theta state and you can hypnotize them um, towards something or away from something to kind of reprogram into their brain. So what's really beautiful and interesting is that as kids, we are in a theta state pretty much constantly up, up until the age of seven. And so this is the time when our brains are being really hardwired. Um, but also you're in this deeply imaginative state as a kid. And so really there's no difference for kids between their imagination and what they decide is reality or what we decide is reality. And so that's why it's so much easier for kids to just go in their room and like play with their imaginary friends and they're talking everything out with their toys and they're, you know, or they believe in Santa Claus and the tooth fairy and like all the things that you tell them are true and they can dip so deeply into their imagination. So the thing that I wanted to address here with um, intuition is a lot of times we ask that question, like, how do I know if this is just my imagination or is this, am I making this up? Is this just my imagination? Yes. And when did that become a bad thing, right? Like your imagination is the whole reason why you are where you are in your life at this moment, because you imagined that you would be here and then you are. Like you imagine what you want and then you go make it. Literally about anything and everything in your life. If you have that weight loss goal or you have that goal for the promotion or whatever, you have been imagining it and then you are going to experience it because you first imagined it. And so, yes, your intuition is your imagination, but your imagination is the guiding force of your life and it is sacred and it is beautiful. And the human imagination is the reason why anything happens. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And so if you are worried that any kind of like spiritual gifting or abilities or your intuition is just your imagination, like it is just your imagination. <laughs> But that doesn't mean that it's not real or purposeful or powerful. It is the most real thing. It is the most powerful thing. It is the most purposeful thing that you have is your imagination. So yes, if that's like a worry for you, just like be like, just accept it that it is your imagination. And that's exactly what you need more of is imagination in your life. So so spend more time in an alpha state and a theta state. Do things that get you into a state of flow. Um, do things that get you into a theta state. So for for example, um, listening to meditations, walking out in nature without listening to anything, um, the frequency of just like the birds and the earth and the humming of the bugs and everything like that, those um, sounds are getting you into a frequency that bring you into a different brainwave state. Um, I don't know about you, but like things pop in for me when I'm driving and I purposely don't listen to music a lot of the times while I'm driving just so that I can, you know, get myself into one of these states. Um, same thing as when I'm in the shower. And so, you know, you're just hearing the hum of the water. You're not really, um, you know, thinking about much. You're just operating in your body, right? And so this is the time when you get your best ideas, right? That's your intuition, because you are getting into a different brain frequency state than the typical beta state, right? So do things that help you to spend more time in alpha and theta states. And that's another way to reconnect with your intuition. The last thing is to identify what's getting in the way in your outer and inner world and to find ways to compassionately release these things at a pace that honors your nervous system. So basically what I mean by this is to identify your obstacles, right? Whether they are literal, like 
external obstacles or whether they are internal obstacles, meaning like it's a way that you're thinking about something. It's a story that you've been told. It's a conditioning. It's a belief system that you've been taught about um, why you should not follow your intuition or whatever it is that your intuition is leading you towards, um, that you are coming up against a lot of obstacles based off of what you've been taught in the past, or that's not rational, that's not realistic, whatever it might be. Um, I'm not good enough. Um, that's not possible for someone like me. Um, whatever it might be, right? Um, your brain, this protective part of you, um, and your conditioning, is going to offer to you all the reasons why your intuition is wrong or why you can't have what your intuition is saying to you that you want, right? Or that is for you or is meant for you. Your mind is going to come in and your mind is the conscious program that you're running based off of all of the input that you've been conditioned with for your whole life, right? And so the good news is that you can actually change that conscious programming by um, identifying the beliefs and having some self-awareness, because if we're not aware of it, we can't change it. But once we come to the place of self-awareness and self-compassion, like, oh yeah, I didn't ask to be programmed with this. Like someone else put this into me, right? And actually it's been serving me for a really long time to operate this way. I can see how it's protected me, right? You have to be able to reach a place of self-compassion as well to then be able to release those things, to overcome those obstacles and to do it at a pace that honors your nervous system, I think is really, really important. So um, I, I mentioned at the beginning of this episode how I moved from my traditional job operating in my zone of excellence um, into what is now full-time entrepreneurship of operating in my zone of genius. But this took me a really long time. And I think that we sensationalize these overnight things, right? Of just like, the story of you having this grand epiphany and then you walk into your boss's office and you just have the courage to say, I quit, right? <laughs> and you have no backup plan and, you know, but somehow things are just going to work out. Like, no, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, there's no way that my nervous system would have been able to tolerate that. Um, and so I was, I moved at a pace that honored my nervous system and it took me a lot longer than it takes other people because my nervous system is different than other people's nervous system and so is yours, right? And so to to move at a pace that you would with someone that you love, that you know, like has an impediment, right? Like, have you ever walked with like someone older that you love and they move really slowly because their body just moves slower? And so what do you do? You adjust pace and you walk with them. You don't like, you know, if you love them, that's what you do, right? Like you're not like just running up ahead and being like, oh my God, and rolling your eyes. Like, why are they so slow? No, if you love them, you move at a pace that is honoring to them. Same thing with your kids. Like you hold their hand and their little feet can only go so fast. And so you're walking so much slower with them, but you're helping them to see everything that's around and to notice and to appreciate this little journey at the zoo or wherever you are, right? Like, so you have compassion for this person that you love and you're going to move at the pace that is honoring to them. Do this with yourself. Move at the pace that is honoring to your nervous system. So the very one of the very first ways that I was starting to work with myself and move myself towards the big dream that I had, moving away from living a life that other people expected of me and into one that was really what I wanted for myself was to uh, put up these quotes, you know, everywhere at my work desk, right? And so two of the quotes that I loved the most um, was one from Dolly Parton was, find out who you are and do it on purpose. And I really think that this is the essence of intuition and everything that I've been talking with you about so far, like all of these like resources that I'm giving to you, like these are going to help you find out who you are so that you can then do it on purpose. Find it, finding out who you are, how you're wired 
innately what you came into this world with um, is going to help you um, honor that that is your intuition that's the building blocks of your intuition and that's what you come back to and then you do it on purpose the other quote that I um, had up for a really long time was by Rumi he's a Sufi poet and he said in one of his poems let yourself be silently drawn by the strange pull of what you really love it will not lead you astray Essentially, we're saying like, man, let yourself be guided by your intuition. It's not going to lead you astray. And then, you know, as I was really starting to see these things on a everyday basis, it's programming my mind, right? And what I want is becoming so much more front and center. And I was starting to do some of the, the work of just realizing like, okay, I was in therapy, I was in coaching, I'm reading all of these like books and resources about figuring out what are my obstacles, how can I overcome these things, I'm moving at a pace that is honoring to my nervous system, and I'm like, okay, like, what if I just start a Facebook page, you know? And so that was like the first thing that I did as I started a Facebook page. Um, what would it look like to make my first offer? Like, what could I do for people? Like, how could I design like a little curriculum? If I were going to take on a client, what would I even do with them? And so I type, I'm typing that out. Like all of these things, like I'm moving at a pace that honors my nervous system. I meet one person and say, I am a weight loss coach, which is what I was at the time. And then that turns into, you know, someone saying like, oh my gosh, I, I need help with that and having a conversation. And then I have my first client, right? Um, and so building from there and at a pace that honors my nervous system was really crucial for me. I, you know, stayed with that for another, gosh, two and a half years before I left my full-time job. It took me a lot of time. Like two and a half years is, is quite a while, right? And during that time, I was showing myself like, okay, what if you... <laughs> what if you get on camera and you do this thing, right? People see your face and now you're talking on camera. What if you start a podcast, right? Like now people are listening to you for like an hour long episode at a time, right? What if you do this thing? And like each little thing that would feel safer and safer to do. And I would prove to myself like, okay, you didn't die, right? Like you could, you could do it. Um, and so that's what I mean by honoring a pace that honors my nervous system was not just like expecting myself to be like a professional, you know, whatever, whatever from, from the get-go, because that's what I wanted to do. I let myself move into it slowly, kind of baby step my way into it. And also all of that time I was continuing to, um, compassionately reprogram myself and realize like, oh yeah, like this belief comes from this place in my childhood when this person said this to me and, you know, working that out with other people who could help me work through those things. I spent a lot of time with coaches and therapists, um, releasing those things after gaining some self-awareness and a lot of self-compassion because you can't release something that you hate. You, you will continue to, to hold on to it. Um, you can't let something go unless you love it first, because as long as you hate it, then you're at war with it and you're giving it power and you're making it another part of you, right? And the whole goal is to not have these separate parts of you, but to actually reintegrate all parts of you back into one and to allow all parts of you to be good. So once you stop fighting, <laughs> once you stop fighting it, you make peace with it and you realize it is you, it's been you all along. Um, and <laughs> it's like just been misguided, right? It's a, it's a loving, protective part of you that's been saying like, oh no, but we, we have to listen to what all these other people are saying because we need to be loved. We need to be safe, 
right? And you're like, yes, you're realizing that these other parts of you have been serving you and, but until it stopped serving you, right? It's taken you this far, but now you've outgrown it. Now you've realized, okay, if I'm just going to be obsessed with safety and security, I'm never going to be able to take the risk, right? To move from good enough into full greatness, right? And it doesn't mean that we don't listen to the protective parts or that we don't honor the protective parts, but we speak back and we reassure and we remember our intuition and all of our strengths and our values and our inner resourcing. And we have that confidence now that, okay, even if something bad does happen, I have the sufficiency and the resources to get through it. I can do this. And the risk is worth the reward. I am committed to creating a life that I like. I am committed to creating a life of authenticity. I am created to committing a life of meaning and fulfillment. I'm here to do what I'm here to do and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna find out who I am and I'm gonna do it on purpose. I'm going to let myself be drawn by the pull of what I really love and trust that this is not leading me astray. So you guys, this is not only the work that I have gone through with myself, but it is the work that I lead my clients with through this process of, first of all, awareness, and second of all, compassion, so that I can then help you, uh, and you can help yourself to release what is getting in the way, release what's no longer serving you. And I love to say what's no longer serving you because it helps you remember that at one point it was serving you, but now it's just not anymore. And so once you can release, then you can actually make space to receive. You can't receive if your hands are grasping on to the old things, right? You, you have to let go and then you can have open hands to receive all of the new things that your intuition is guiding you towards, right? So I don't know about you, but 2023, <laughs> we're coming up on the end of it here. We're going to head into the final eight weeks of 2023 and I had some really big goals for 2023 and the timing has been wild. (laughs) The timing has not fallen into place the way that I thought it would. And I talked about this, um, I think it was last episode on the, the pregnant magic of waiting. And that's a really fantastic episode to listen to if you haven't listened to it yet. But I've learned a lot this year, um, even though the timing has not fallen into place the way that I thought it would. And the old familiar thing to do is to look at these final two months of the year and to think like, oh, well, I, I guess my dreams are just going to wait until 2024. But for me, that is a hell no, because I have come way too far to let myself give up on or willingly delay any dream that I have for myself. And you have too. And I definitely believe in divine timing and not trying to force my agenda when I know that I have already been doing everything that I can do for my part. But if I'm honest, I know when I haven't really been doing all that I can do. And you know, when you haven't really been doing all that you can do. And we're not going to just rally ourselves up with fear and force and shame, right? Like, oh, you haven't been doing everything that you can do. You better, you know, start doing it, you know, shame ourselves into it, right? Unless you start, um, you know, getting it together, then you're never going to have what you really want, right? Like the, not with this like shaming kind of a voice and trying to threaten ourselves and to scare ourselves into something, right? Instead, I'm feeling pulled and magnetized by love, but for what I know is meant for me. Every good thing is meant for me. Whatever I want, wants me. Every good thing is meant for you. Whatever you want, wants you. 
So was 2023 supposed to be your year for coming back into alignment with your health, your energy, and your confidence? Was 2023 supposed to be your year for healing your past? Was 2023 supposed to be your year for starting your business or changing careers? Was 2023 supposed to be your year for finding your tribe and making new friends? Was it supposed to be the year that you finally set boundaries and started expressing yourself authentically in your relationships? What if you said hell no to letting yourself give up on it or willingly delaying it until 2024? I want to work with you. I'm looking for 10 women who are ready to take these last eight weeks of 2023 and finish this year actively pursuing your dream, letting yourself be led by your intuition. Imagine ringing in the new year, feeling so proud of yourself, having a totally different view of yourself than you do right now, a totally different view of your life and your future than you do right now. It's not just possible or probable, it is inevitable. And I am ready to take you through a life-changing journey of coming home to the wisdom of nature and your intuition to create a life that you actually like. So I would love to tell you more about exactly what we will do together in our eight weeks of working together at the end of this year. So the first is that we will learn simple body-based ways to regulate your nervous system. So we talked about this in the episode. We have to move at a pace that is compassionate to your nervous system. And moving the, uh, learning these simple body-based ways to regulate your nervous system is really going to help you when you are dysregulated. Because when you're dysregulated, you can't access your intuition. And it, we just go into survival mode. We just go into protective mode, right? And that system is there to serve us, right? It's our instinct, right? It's our protective um, survival mechanisms, right? And so how do we move past that? There are ways that you can learn to regulate your nervous system and you can expand your ability to tolerate some stress, to tolerate some unfamiliarity, to tolerate some risk, right? And when we learn these simple body-based ways to regulate your nervous system, it's going to allow you to release any kind of um, unhelpful behaviors that are actually doing this for you, right? So we are regulating our nervous systems all the time, but in ways that might actually be sabotaging ourselves. So we're regulating our nervous system by eating late at night, right? We are regulating our nervous system by scrolling. We're regulating our nervous system by just like vegging out on the couch, right? Like, And so whatever thing that we're doing right now, like you are, we will all find ways to regulate our nervous systems, to bring ourselves back into um, familiarity, right? But we can learn ways to do it that don't actually detract from feeling how we want to feel and reaching the goals that we have for ourselves. And when we can regulate our nervous systems, again, that allows us to feel safe to expand, into the new life that we desire. We can handle a little bit more risk. We can handle a little bit more unfamiliarity. And that's what it's going to take to actually step into creating a life that you like. So the next thing that we'll do together is we will come home to nature through grounding, through eating nutrient-dense foods, by the way, with zero shame and zero perfection. We are not doing this from a black and white mentality. Um, And we're going to align your circadian rhythm to natural light so that you can feel aligned and connected and recharged. The physiology of this is so important because a lot of times we think that to operate in our intuition, 
this is really like about like our spirituality, right? Like, and it's not about our physical bodies, but if you are not aligned in your physical body, then you are going to be impeded from accessing your spirituality and your intuition and your purpose and meaning in life and fulfillment in life. I don't know about you, but think about like nights when you have been totally sleep deprived. Like how well are you able to show up the next day for the people that you love? How well are you able to operate with clarity about your goals and things that you have envisioned for yourself? Like, no, you're totally impaired and you're probably going to be a jerk, right? And so it's the same thing when we are disconnected from these other things, like grounding, connecting with the earth, eating nutrient-dense foods. Like we are so undernourished and we are like starving for light as well. And, but we don't know this because our whole lives we've been living just the normal, like Western, uh, standard American kind of lifestyle, but you don't know how good you can feel until you know how good you can feel. And so I am just as passionate about aligning your physiology through connecting with nature so that this is actually going to give you the fuel and the energy to create a life that you like for yourself. So another thing that we're going to do is we will actually create and implement customized actual concrete strategies to reach your goals in a way that fits your lifestyle and your personality. And so I really love, I'm such a nerd for personality tests and all of the the fun quizzes and everything, but like this is the part of self-awareness that is so important because if you just follow conventional advice based off of these external authorities saying like, this is the right way to do things, or, you know, this is the way the three steps to success or just whatever it might be. Yeah, there, there can be some good, you know, tidbits in there and things that you can take. But ultimately, if you are trying to run a program that goes against how you are naturally wired, then you're going to give up on it anyway. And so we're going to actually create ways that are in alignment and celebrate how you are naturally wired. And that will actually get you to your goal in a way that feels the feelings that you want to feel right now right? So you want to feel free. You want to feel confident. You want to feel energized. And we're not going to follow strategies that are going to make you feel feel the opposite of those things. We're going to follow strategies that get you feeling your desired feelings right now. And that actually fits your personality and your lifestyle. We're going to discover your unique form of motivation magic and learn how to celebrate and work in sync with that. So are you externally motivated or are you internally motivated? Are you both? Are you neither? Um, You know, does flexibility help you succeed? Does rigidity help you succeed? Like depending upon you as an individual, these things are going to look different. And so I want to help you figure out how you are magically already motivated. You are not an unmotivated person. There's no problem with your motivation. It's just that if you are trying to do things that are not in alignment with how you are naturally motivated, then that's going to squash your motivation right away, right? But if you understand how you are naturally um, motivated and then work in sync with that, your motivation is going to be just fine. We're going to uncover your strengths and your values. We were talking about the spiritual gifts, right? So, but we'll do this one-on-one together and go much deeper and find out how your strengths and your values align to your healing journey. This is going to free you up to take inspired and aligned actions that are going to naturally flow with your own integrity. Um, You feeling a sense of ease and joy. It gets to be easy. It gets to be fun. It gets to be joyful. We're going to discover and apply your spiritual gifts, your feminine energy, and using your um, lunar cycles or your menstrual cycles, if you're still menstruating, as superpowers in your life, your work, and your relationships. And we're going to dig deep to reveal those self-sabotaging beliefs 
that are getting in your way, uh, learning where they come from, developing not just the self-awareness, but the self-compassion so that we can rewire your brain with beliefs that you choose, beliefs that are going to serve you and set you free. So if this is calling to you, here are the next steps. The first thing is to sign up for your free curiosity call. Uh, You can do that on my website. The link is in the show notes. Um, You can also just message me on any social media platform and we can coordinate it that way. So I offer a totally free curiosity call to anyone who is interested in coaching because you need to get a feel, right? And I need to get a feel and, and we need to experience each other's energy and talk through this thing and get to know each other, right? And so we can do a live Zoom session. Um, or if you are just super swamped, super busy, I got you. We can even chat back and forth asynchronously. So not live. We'll just send audio and video messages back and forth without you having to add anything extra to your calendar. Once we do the, our free curiosity call and you're feeling good, you, you want to move forward, um, you sign up for your eight-week coaching package. And I know that the last eight weeks of the year are busy. Again, I've totally got you. There are no live appointments. Nothing is going to be added to your calendar. There's never a need to reschedule anything. You basically dedicate about 15 minutes a day whenever you can fit it in. And we wind up having... Uh, about an hour and a half to two hours of coaching together per week when we do that. So we are going to talk asynchronously back and forth through an app called Voxer. It's super fun. All of my clients love it. And it's not only convenient, but talking daily, we talk every single day for eight weeks. And this provides real-time coaching. You're not going to be trying to remember what you were dealing with all week and what's the most important thing to cover in just like a one-hour live session with me. I'm going to be there for you every single day so that you can just take a deep breath and just be present. So what's included in your eight-week coaching package is that you get eight full weeks of daily messaging for check-ins, question and answer, accountability, encouragement. We're going to be doing six asynchronous coaching sessions over eight weeks. And we've got one week each month built in as what I call a rest and digest week, where I'm actually going to teach you how to practice self-coaching. And still we're going to be messaging every day. I'm going to give you resources and give you that messaging support every day. But this is something that I love to do with my clients is teaching you how to practice self-coaching because I'm not in the business of keeping my clients um, like codependent with me, right? Like I want you to be empowered. And so over the course of these eight weeks, we're going to be reconnecting you with your intuition, with your own inner authority guidance system. That's going to be leading the entire way. That's going to be in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat, cheering you on, connecting you with all of these resources, helping you to release um, anything that's getting in the way. Um, but that's what it's all about. So you also get eight weeks of access to my wild wellness nutrition mentoring and support group, even if that's not the primary reason that you're signing up to work together. That's okay because like I said, I believe that nutrition, like that physiology is important for everyone to be able to be connected to their best self, right? Like your highest levels of energy um, and feeling as good as you could possibly feel on a day-to-day basis. Um, It's not just for people who have some type of um, weight loss goal or health or wellness goal related to nutrition, um, but you will benefit from that either way. And then you also get lifetime access to every single resource that is in my self-care shop. You can go check that out online um, and the link is in the show notes, but basically all of these are self-coaching resources. And so we may or may not get to go through all of these activities, this library of activities that I have um, created in working with clients over the last seven years. We may or may not get to go through every single one of them together over the course of our eight weeks together. I like to just be really like organic and see kind of where um, what is most needed, 
what is most important for you? Um, where are we being guided to really focus in and um, focus together on what it is that you need in your day-to-day life and, and the goals that you have for yourself. So even if we don't get to go through all of them together, you have lifetime access to all of them. And I will have taught you how to spend some time um, creating a a self-care rhythm and a self-coaching rhythm for yourself. So you're going to have those resources forever. And uh, they're not just meant to be used only once. They're meant to be used over and over and over again. So um, once you sign up for your free curiosity call and you want to move forward and you sign up for your eight-week coaching package, you will make your payment. Um, I am very transparent about my pricing. It's all on my website and I'll share it here. Um, currently, my eight-week coaching package for one-on-one is 2997 And there are a variety of interest-based and interest-free payment plans um, available through PayPal. And it's starting at just $150 a month. So after that, once you make your payment, you are stepping in to your new life with me as your guide. And I am honored to be a part of your journey. I'm going to be using my intuition to ask you powerful questions that helps you release your intuition, to release the wisdom and the resources that are already inside of you. I'm going to be a mirror for you, reflecting back to you the best of what you're struggling to see or you can't see right now because you've been taught not to. And I'm going to help you experience self-compassion and unconditional love for yourself by experiencing it through me first. I believe that this originates in God and it flows through me to you. And by the way, you do this for other people all the time too. We're constantly being, you know, just vessels of of God's love flowing through because we have our blind spots and we have our programming and we have our conditioning and we literally, you know, can't see what other people can see in us. And so it's so beautiful to have other people in your life Um, And we're meant to have other people in our life like this, but a lot of us don't. A lot of us are disconnected from community, right? And so it's okay, you know, to work with a therapist or a coach to start to experience this. And um, then you're able to experience it for yourself. So I'm going to provide you with inspired and aligned resources to continue your self-exploration and your reflection and uh, you taking action in between our coaching sessions. And I'm going to provide power alongside of you. I'm not power over you. I'm not just the coach telling you what to do and saying, why didn't you do it? No, not at all. I'm not in front of you. Like I'm not saying like, oh, I'm so far and perfect and my life is so, you know, like, no, not none of that. Like I'm not like your guru. Um, I am an equal with you and we're going to be co-creating together the li- a life that you actually like. So I am cheering for you. I would love to be a part of your journey. And again, I'm looking for 10 women for the last eight weeks of the year. Is this you? Um, if so, reach out and let's talk. Let's definitely talk this week. So again, you can click the link in the show notes to go to my website. And at the bottom of every page of my website, there's a a form to submit for a free curiosity call. Um, And again, you can also reach out to me on social media. Just send me a direct message. You can also send me an email to... um, Hello, just read at gmail.com and we can connect that way as well. So I'm really looking forward to connecting with you guys. Um, I hope that you have enjoyed this episode about how to reconnect with your intuition and why it's just so deeply important. We are here to like our lives. Like it, do not underestimate that your life is for you, not for anybody else. Everybody else has their own life. You're here for you to like this life and to feel everything that you can possibly feel, to experience the fullness of yourself and your gifts and this world and all that it has to offer. You have created your life. You are the creator and the author of your life. 
And right now you're working with a script. (laughs) You're working with a script that has been handed to you, but at any point you can change the script. You're the, you're the writer, you're the director, you're everything, you're holding the pen. And so you can cross that out and say, no, we're going to go in a different direction. I see this story panning out way differently from here on. And it turns into something so beautiful and so magical and so unexpected. Yeah, you can do that anytime you want to. You can renegotiate anything in your life. You can rewrite anything in your life. And I'm here to help. So I hope that you guys have a fantastic week and I'll be back with you next week.